This is a response to the video stream that I did, basically giving into the way about the FTP3 J31 protests that happened this past January. <laughs> I just want to give my thoughts and opinions on it. If you guys haven't heard, you know, this is basically a episode geared towards, you know, New Yorkers. But, you know, obviously anybody listening from across the country or even outside the country of the United States, you're in for a big surprise because this is pretty funny stuff. So also, I did talk about this on one of my episodes. You can refer back to my episode, Breaking Bread with the Woke Whatever the title is, but y'all know what I mean. Breaking bread with the woke activists. You can check that out, and you can check out check out my video scheme screen, my video stream on the FTP jump off or whatever. I just want to talk about how funny it is. This FTP three protest was, and I just want to give y'all a little back around history. I wanted, I'm not, I'm trying to keep it simple because I always want, I, I told y'all somewhere down the line, I'm going to do an episode on New York. I'm going I'm to split it up and I'm going to give you a little bit of New York history, but I'm going to go on with New York and its history later on, later on. So to give you a background about what this protest is about, the name of the protest is called Fuck the Police 3, January 31st. Now, around the city, they've posted up logos, ads, whatever it is, talking about they're going to disrupt service and they're going to cause a frenzy to fight for the black and brown communities, the poor people, the, the vendors and all this other stuff in the subway system. And their demands, I'm going to go down the list with the demands that they're asking for because they ask for some crazy ass demands. And I'm just saying here like, yo, that joint is crazy. But um, to give you a background story, there has been a lot of controversy surrounding the MTA where the MTA, there's been a video sharings of so-called black and Latino men on transit on the subway being arrested and manhandled by cops unlawfully. Sometimes cops even pointing the gun at a so-called black boy on a, I think a southbound two train. And with this, you've had those incidents, you had a so-called Mexican lady be arrested for selling churros on a subway platform. And, you know, they're also complaining about the 275. They, they feel like the cops is, you know, bitter enemies and they're doing too much, right? So they're, they're, they wanna act upon this because Andrew Cuomo, who's the governor of New York City, New York, I'm sorry. The mayor is Mayor de Blasio. And basically, they want to they want to react to this, this type of decision because Andrew Cuomo has decided to employ 500 more cops into the subway system. A lot of New Yorkers feel like this is race, racial, this is racial, you know, actions because these cops will more or less be, would be, like um, recruited to high poverty areas, the hood, where it's more than likely so-called black and brown people living. Now, in New York City, that's hard to believe in this day and age because with all of this gentrification going on, you have white people that live in black and brown neighborhoods now. A lot of these transplants, Asians, this, that, and third, ain't nobody sparred. 
I know a lot of y'all talk shit about Harlem. Y'all talk shit about Brooklyn. Your neighborhood is next because they already got the Bronx. And they, they I didn't heard a couple of transplants said that they live in Jamaica, Queens. So ain't nobody being sparred. Y'all could talk about Uptown and Brooklyn all you want. Their plan is to get the whole of New York City. You know, it's so bad with the gentrification in New York City. That shit is extending to Long Island. Now they going ahead and building out houses. <laughs> they building out condos in Wyandanch in Central Islip. I kid you not. But going back to my point, they wanted to employ 500 more cops. And, you know, these people from actually the movement is called Decolonize This Place. And they have a list of demands that they want the police, the, the MTA to take action on. And also what they instilled is, is that they want, you know, they have a problem with there being 500 more cops because they feel like they're going to pick and target. Well, it says right here, so, so-called black, brown, and indigenous comrades. Now, I'm the type of person to be disrespectful. When you say indigenous comrades, I don't know if you're talking about $5 Indians or you're talking about those people you think look like Native Americans, because I tell y'all all the time, and I'm not afraid to say it, so-called African-Americans are the real Native Americans of this land. They won't tell you that if you've gotten a whitewashed version of what a Native American is. But I'm, I mean, I'll take the bait. It is what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't like to hide from the truth. It is what it is. They've done a lot of different things and skewed the representation to be in other people's favors that don't look like us and doesn't have a representation of the so-called Native Americans. This is why I advise so-called black people to do research on who you really are. (sighs) Getting back to what I'm saying, there has been some things, there's been some vigilante things they've done in the subway system before the actual protest came to place. They've put padlocks and locks on emergency exit doors to allow people to go inside the the platform to go inside the train platform they've graffitied fucked the police on numerous occasions in different subway stations one of the subway stations was 155th street on the b and the d lines another stop was 72nd street on the b and the c lines and course and of course different areas in the subway i'm going to talk about later the whole entire problem with their proposal I am familiar with decolonize this place. I've seen the protesters they protesters they're done. I've seen affiliates do protesters. Back then, I was more radical about, you know, caring about what's going on in the city and being upset because there's just a lot of things that I don't like in the city. I mean, a lot of us, let's be real. A lot of th- what we don't like about New York City is this high ass rent. It's just ridiculous. And we don't like the gentrification that's going on because it's about greed. And we just feel like it's not right. And if y'all know me for a long time, y'all know that I said that I'm strongly and not an advocate. I am against so-called gentrification. I just am. It's just no reason why you need to build all these houses and 500,000 is empty. But you can find a local homeless person on a train every day. It's so crazy. And I know y'all not going to sit up there and look. I've, I have. Yo, this is the first time. In history, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be racial, but I got to keep it a hundred. It's rare that I've ever seen an Asian homeless person. I'm keeping it a buck. I see these Asian people all the time and they they get like bottles and, you know, they'll be collecting cans and all this other stuff, cashing in. And I'd be like, bro, that ain't, I, I don't blame you. Do your thing. You know what I'm saying? I was going to get into that too, but I didn't want my house stinking. And I didn't want like roaches starting to get no ideas and come inside the trash can because my house is clean. But that's not the point. 
It's so bad in the city. The homelessness in the city is really freaking bad. And the, the thing about it is, is that what the police does is, is that they, how do I say? They, um, well, now they have a homeless initiative program. They have a, they have a homeless they have some some white and orange like you know representatives of like the homeless like to help out the homeless the homeless aides or homeless advocates I don't know what their name is, but they drive around in a white and orange van and they usually park up in places like Penn Station Grand Central and usually they, you know they try to find help for the homeless people get them into a shelter. A lot of people that live on the streets refuse to go to the shelters because a lot of the treatments that's been reported in these shelters. Uh, such as rape, violence, and all these different things, and they swallow and they wallow away in a system that's repeated all the time. It's so bad. I've seen like women just with like three, four kids got a, a, a baby carriage, you know, putting that around. It's like twenty degrees on a one train, and I'm just like, damn, it's mad cold. You ain't got nowhere to go to. It's really crazy out here. And of course, I tell you, I tell people around. I jokingly say it, but this is kind of true. I say that the E-Line is is also the homeless local. The E-Train that runs from Jamaica Center all the way to World Trade Center, I, I name it the, the homeless local because so many homeless people ride that line. But I start to realize the two-line is starting to be homeless too. There's a lot of characters on a two-train. It always is. The six-train is getting up there. The A-Train is notorious for that shit. And then you got a couple of other lines throughout the system where you see homelessness because the whole entire system is going to see homelessness. It don't matter who you are. They're going to see homelessness. So back to what I was saying about this decolonize this place, you know, thing. This is the third installment of their fuck the police protest. They had a second one in November where they jumped the turnstiles at Hoyt Skimmerhorn off the AC and G stop. And, uh, you know, they also had a protest in Harlem. I didn't even know they did, but they had a protest in Harlem about it. I don't remember when their first installment was, but, you know, I've seen I've been familiar with their work. Now, their demands for a lot of things that they're asking for is like pretty ridiculous in my my whole entire seeing of everything. Like, you know, I seen the protest. I I, <laughs> I seen it. So I, my bad. I meant to tell you all what is it that they did, what they did uh, about their um I'm sorry. I'm trying trying to get everything together so yeah, so I can see. Cuz that's what I, you know, that's what I really want to do. But um so damn, I'm messing up. Family, I'm messing up. I'm so intrigued by what the hell they doing. <laughs> I'm just trying to say, yeah, they like fuck the police. But um their demands for they they did they they put um gorilla glue on turnstiles. They graffitied. They uh also Put the padlocks on those emergency doors so that people can just get into the whole entire the, the subway system for free. And in the day of the pro protests, a lot of them basically asked, you know, jumped the turnstiles, of course, tried to bum rush the police. The police wasn't having it. Let's tell you about basically that's just a synopsis of what happened. So it was a very big turnout. They started at uh, Grand Central. Went all the way over there and stuff like that. So their demands is right here. This is what it says January 31st. So let me read what they're telling you. So there's this flyer that says, fuck your 275 ATP, which means fuck the police. J31, which means January 31st. Citywide day of transit action. 
The MTA the MTA has voted to add 500 new cops to the thousands of NYPD already patrolling the subway at a cost of $250 million. This is declaration this is a declaration of war against our communities. That money should not be invested in the harassing and brutalizing of black and brown folks. It should go toward making the MTA free, well-maintained, and accessible to all. On January 31st, we will use a diversity of tactics to embody the following demands. Number one, cops out of the subway. Two, free transit. Three, in the harassment of vendors and performers. Four, full accessibility for people of varying abilities. Now, this is what has been on the poster for the J31 FTP fuck the police protest. I give it up to them for having a vigilante style on it. And again, I, I'm very familiar with, with their work, decolonize this place. I'm a native New Yorker, so I have to experience the things that go on every day. And recently, I've just been seeing a lot of protests that's been happening around New York City for the last about, well, you know, it's 2020. I would I would practically say for the last abruptly six to seven years, I've been seeing a lot of protests happen around New York City. Um, you know, they had the protests on immigration. They had a protest on, you know, a lot of a lot of different things that's going on. I'm going to talk a little bit this episode, you know, to give like why I think it's a hypocrisy and an A, it's a waste of time. There's also been reports of how they've had smoke gas in the subway stations. And, you know, when the, the people tried to bum rush the cops, they had the barricades at these stations. You had 20 to 30 mopeds of the NYPD and bicycles like running after these protesters as they tried to run into the stations. It was a wild night. Now, there's a lot of flaws in this. And for number one, we're also talking about an MTA system. We're also talking about a transit system that's 100 something years old. What I start to realize and I humble myself with is that New York City has always been about competition, has always been about greed. The MTA system got consolidated in 1968. Before then, they had a lot of different systems basically competing against each other in the city to see which system people was going to lean towards to. It didn't come around to being a system where it started to be the same transfers and all this other stuff until like maybe the 1940s and 50s. That's why today you have the IRT, the BMT, the IND, all these different, you know, branches of the subway systems, because back in the day, it was it was companies, literal companies. I think the BMT also it was different companies competing against each other to in, in New York, you know, to obviously get fares. You know, train sets was different. You know, they also had above ground. They had the L's on like Fifth and Sixth Avenue, all that. So today you have a system that was brought together by a consolidation of maybe four to six different systems coming together and becoming one, which became, well, the Transit Authority in 1968, but then, you know, over time it was the MTA, well, it was the Metropolitan Transit Authority, whatever, the NYMC, NYCT MTA, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Now today you just call it MTA. So that's my point. So it doesn't surprise me when it comes about greed, and especially they had to consolidate the bus system from like the 70s to the 80s, well, more loosely, 
In the 70s, they did a, a big consolidation, but it wasn't until like maybe 2005, 2006, they took all of the private bus companies in New York City, the ones that was technically public because anybody could ride those. And they made it like morph into just MTA. So now you have MTA, New York City Transit Bus, and then you have MTA Bus. I'm just trying to give y'all a forefront of like how they did it, did it with the statewide agency in the city. So my thing about it is this protest, you know, is just very funny because I also found out that they have something like it's $38 million billion in debt. And um, we recently are coming off the heels of the 2017 state of emergency with the New York City transit system. Even have photos of mad people waiting for uh, the one train at 168th on a hot summer day. We're still complaining with a lot of the conditions with the train sets. We just got out. Of, we just got out of. Um, they just put the R179s back in service after the doors was all messed up. There's still widespread air conditioning problems on older train sets, which exist on the one line, the three line, the six, and all these different things. So to get to my point, <laughs> there's a lot of different things that I, I, I adored the fact that Matt was on some vigilante style, like straight up, I don't give a fuck, blah, 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 I don't care, da, da, da. <laughs> it was funny. It was comical. So these four proposals that they asked for the MTA to do, I think was completely out of whack. It was completely ridiculous. And I'm going to do my best to go down each one and then give you more of a synopsis why I think that this protest was merely a waste of time. Number one they asked for was cops out of the subway. Now, why would you want to do that? As much as we don't like the NYPD, the NYPD is corrupt and all these other stuff. You have a lot of psychos out here. You have a lot of people out here who just don't have the right mindset. They're looking for trouble. You know, you do have gang members out here who start problems on the trains. And if you haven't had been on a New York City subway system past midnight, then you can't talk to me about the stuff that goes on because rush hour, you're good. I mean, for the most part, you still have people who start trouble during rush hour. But if you try to go on a train past midnight, well, it's a whole different world. And you really don't want to deal with that because there's a lot of stuff that happens on the trains after midnight. And I'm telling you this because I take the train after midnight. Okay? I do. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's still people who get robbed for their phones, their, their music. I mean, well, get robbed for their stuff. They get robbed. They get robbed for their cash. All these different things. Now, granted, New York has come a long way from a crime history. Crime has been down in New York, and that's a good thing. Um, but we're still fighting the problems with whacked out people and look like people who just came out of the psychiatric ward, especially on Ward's Island. And they just come on the subway and they act a fool. And then, of course, you have people out there that engage in a lot of different things. It's been seen before. A lot of YouTube videos you can search up right now. People getting stabbed on a train to people fighting and punching because there was a disagreement over a seat and name calling all these different things. This is what it's like living in New York. Number two, asking for free transit. Now, why would you want to do that? You know damn well New York is all about profit. This is a capitalist city. You really think that the MTA is going to stop and sit here and say, you know what? We should make free transit for everyone. If we make free transit for everyone, everyone can be happy. I said right now they're trying to push a bill to increase a congestion pricing on New York City residents to come inside of Manhattan below 60th Street. 
what in your right mind is going to make you think that New York City is going to pause all that to make sure you money-hungry Negroes, no, I'm sorry, not you Negroes, you money-hungry scoundrels, or you 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 trust fund kids, because I've seen a lot of you trust fund kids out there, you NYU-looking kids, you, you, you new school-looking kids, you trying to be an activist because you want to write a paper for your dissertation-looking kids. Coming out here and thinking that the MTA is just going to pause 275 for you to ride free and for millions of New Yorkers to ride free. How is the MTA workers going to get paid? The ones that clean up the trash in the stations, that maintain the upkeep of a station, the, the station clerks, the conductors, the, 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 the people that open. Well, those are still conductors. They open and close the doors. The, both the conductors, right? The people that's in the control towers. The maintenance people, the ones that clean the trains. How are you going to have free transit? You know, you know that that's not going to work. So don't even try to go there. That's just dumb. Number three, in the harassment of vendors and performers. Well, that's inevitable. I understand that the cops give a lot of these vendors and these performers a hard time. But also you have to take into account what's legal and not what's not illegal. If you do not have a permit... On certain things, because vendors, I don't know, vendors is a hard, 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 hard topic to discuss. Because with vendors, I merely could just see vendors every day and they'll sell things like churros, mangoes and all these different things. And then you have, you know, usually the so-called black kids, younger black kids who sell candy and sell all these different things for their basketball team or to stay out of trouble. New York, native New Yorkers, you know about this. You know exactly what I'm talking about when I say all that. So, you know. This is nothing new, okay? Like, like my thing about it is, specifically with performers, you need a perm- permit to perform. You can't just perform because you want to. You need a perform. You need a uh, a vendor's license. You do well. You need a license to perform. That's true. You just need it. There's no way out of it. I mean, this is the reason why you see a lot of these Showtime performers on the train look between the cars because they're trying to see if there's any cops there. So if they get stopped by the cops. <laughs> They're going to have to get off the train. They're going to get a summons. And it's happened before. So, you know, there's there's what you're proposing for that is a little bit iffy because of the fact of the matter that we don't know for sure. We have to take into account the legality. At the end of the day, you are performing inside of something that's owned by the MTA. So the MTA has every right to tell you, you have to get a license or else you cannot perform. Just abide by the rules. That's it. But that doesn't mean that I'm not aware of certain vendors that might be given a hard time because they've been doing something for so long and these cops just decide to pick on them. So I I understand what you're saying. Number four says full accessibility for people of varying abilities. Now, I don't know what you're talking about for number four. My good guess is, is that you're talking about Maybe the people who's on wheelchairs, because there is an actual uh, organization to help out the people who are disabled. But I don't know what you mean by varying abilities. I mean, yes, a lot of these stations need to have ADA compliance, compliant stations. They need to be ADA compliant. I do agree. A lot of stations do. There's a lot of major stations with like express and local stops coming together where there needs to be ADA compliant stations. So. I need you to go a little bit deeper on that because I don't understand what you're saying. So those are the four things that I broke down about this. This is by Decolonize decolonize This Place. They're also known for going on a joker steps and, you know, being a widespread people to fight against gentrification. But 
This is a thing that I started to feel is a hypocritical move, right? I started. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they said it's $38 billion in debt by bondholders and banks. And, you know, they, you know, it's messed up, man. But um, the thing that I wanted to say, this is the hypocritical move that I've seen with this decolonize this place and, you know, all these protesters being at the the protests and going from Grand Central all the way to Bed-Stuy past Nordstrand Avenue and going to that like new little little mall court that's on Fulton Ave, you know, right off the, the A and the C train. This is a thing that I don't understand and which I will heavily, heavily make sure I call out. A lot of these Gen Z kids and these like so-called white protesters, activists, and the rest of these transplants, you don't think you have a hand in the destruction of New York City? Like, I hate when y'all talk shit because the fact of the matter is half of y'all, if not probably 60 to 70% of y'all are gentrifiers. So how in the fuck can you really sit here and fight for brown and black people when you're the one that keeps coming into our neighborhoods and they're pushing up the rent because y'all keep coming into those buildings? And then the native New Yorkers that would be there are basically getting kicked out so y'all could live there. That makes no sense. Y'all talk the most shit and then y'all drink IPAs, have your Starbucks coffee, and this, that, and the third. But in the same breath, you want to sit here and fight for brown and black people? You're a fraud. How dare you speak on the idea of fighting for brown and black people. When you kicking brown and black people out the neighborhood every day, you're for the government, but then you're against the government? You hypocrite? You make no sense when you speak. A lot of y'all have y'all little congregations and y'all meeting is, meetings in Bushwick, and we already know Bushwick is a problem because a lot of y'all is leaving Williamsburg because it's so damn expensive. You know, before, I would say 2004, or maybe 2005, I didn't even know Williamsburg was previously a, a Puerto Rican neighborhood. I didn't even know that. I didn't know Williamsburg was a Puerto Rican neighborhood. I, I just thought it was a Jewish neighborhood, but I didn't know it was a Puerto Rican neighborhood. But then y'all came through, Vice came through, and then everybody else came through, and all these condos and all these different things is happening. There's also a protest sideline. There's also a protest that's happening with this thing called the BQX streetcar system that they want to implement by 2030, which would be a new streetcar in the streets of New York linking Astoria to Sunset Park previously. Now, they, they're, now they're sitting up there saying they want to take it to Red Hook, where it's a streetcar line that goes from Queens to Brooklyn because of this apparent quote-unquote transit desert that's between Queens and Brooklyn. Now, I'm street smart. I'm very street smart. Like, I, I have no problem admitting that. I just I just know. I'm just like, I, I, I know the map of New York City in my head. I'm just a good traveler. I travel all the time. You don't have a transit desert. You have at least one subway line and at least four bus lines that could take you from Queens or in the vicinity of Upper Brooklyn and Greenpoint all the way to Williamsburg, where you can transfer to the J, M, and Z lines and the L. You know what that line is? The G, a.k.a. the gentrified line. Because a lot of y'all take the G from where the 7 train is in Long Island City all the way down to Brooklyn. Don't give me that shit. You have the B32 
the B62, the Q59, all these bus lines by your by your convenience. Well, in your convenience. What do you mean you have a transit desert? Is it because of the fact of the matter y'all built all these diff well, I can't say gentrifiers, but all these realtor developers built all these condos and have all these expensive ass rents living in Williamsburg that y'all built it up so much, but y'all didn't think about transit afterwards. I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's a it's a hard call. I, I don't know, bro. But you have at least one train line by your house. How are you in a transit desert? There's places in Queens, in Brooklyn, in St- damn near in Staten Island, that don't even have one train line by their house. In Staten Island, the railroad is on the right side of the island, and everybody depends on a the boat. Then, if you want to get around town, you got to drive in a car. If you're rich and you got money, you get to take the express bus. So what do you mean you need a streetcar that goes from Astoria all the, all the way down to downtown Brooklyn. You don't need it. But back to these gentrifiers. You are such a hypocrite. And I and I and I sit here and I say that very aggressively because of the fact of the matter is every single time you get called out for being a gentrifier and adding the fuel to the fire of the racial tension in the city, y'all back up and be like, oh, I didn't know. Oh my God, I feel bad. I'm a gentrifier. And you sit there with your head down when you have... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> because you know what just came in my head? I said, I think the, the, the most typical look of a gentrifier is a so-called white man that has on glasses that, 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 that ponytail haircut, a flannel, Slim jeans and either ASEC ASIC sneakers or some type of boots. <laughs> they come around to the meeting when people is fed up with their shit. And then they sit there and be like, you know, I feel bad and I <laughs> and I didn't know. I know that I'm a gentrifier, but what could I do to fix the problem? And I sit there and I be like, well, motherfucker, you still paying the rent to live here. So what the hell are you talking about? You still adding on fuel to the fire. After you get out of here, you're going to go to one of those gentrified bars and get your gentrified beer and have your IPA. And you're just going to be like, you know, life is rough, bro. I came here because I work at a tech company. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yo, you're gonna be sitting there and you're gonna be talking all that shit about how you wanna help, but then you still paying your rent tomorrow, and the rent is probably like seventeen hundred dollars or some bullshit, and then you pay it to the landlord and you'd be like, Yeah, you know, I just came here for observance, bro. It's about the creative aspect. <laughs> <laughs> go and see your bum ass. Go and see your bum ass art galleries and all that other stuff. Yo, native New Yorkers don't fall for that, son. It's just these integrationalists that fall for that nonsense. Native New Yorkers, we ain't even try to hear that. You can hear it in our accents, bro. You a transplant. And of course, we have the so-called black people that are transplants also. They usually come from like down south. I've heard people who come from Detroit and Philadelphia. But the point is, that's what I think the first time when I hear it. And I just laugh because I'm just like, yo, y'all are funny. Y'all are really funny. Y'all are hypocrites, though. 
What do you mean you fighting for brown and black people, but you keep moving into our neighborhoods? What? Because rent is cheap? I mean, like, you couldn't live on 86. Somebody mentioned that in the um, protest, too. They was like, you know, people on 86th Street don't know how we feel. And it's that a third. I was like, bro, y'all sound stupid. I said, you know, they have high rises on, like, 85th and 84th Street, right? And they have a high rise, like, on 90th Street on the west side. So, I, that, I mean, legit, I understand where you're coming from. Because I did mention this on my podcast before. But, like, it doesn't add on to anything. You know, there might be people struggling and they still live on 86th Street and they may, may have a middle class income. But I understand what the guy was saying, but it just doesn't add up. And I said, I just feel like you're a hypocrite. And, and you know, family, you know I keep it real on the podcast. I don't hold back. Like, I say exactly how I feel. My thing is, it's not the job of so-called white people to care for the problems that so-called black and brown people go through. First of all, so-called black people need to do for self and stop getting involved in an in, in integrational, integrationalist and a globalization mindset. Do for self. Create your own movements. Leave them out. Let them do their own thing. If they want to help, they can help by moving out and moving to a neighborhood where their people are. Duh. That's how you stop the racial tension. You're not trying to do that, though. You want to have your cake and eat it, too. The last thing I'm going to say is you have a lot of these protests that involve the so-called LGBTQ community. Now, if you know me on this podcast, you know how I feel about that. Don't try to use the so-called black and brown community as a clutch for helping your agenda and helping helping what you're talking about because you feel oppressed. A lot of y'all was like some straight up vigilantes. And, you know, y'all wearing, like, the, the transgender flag and the LGBTQ, like, you know, marking on your face and all this other stuff. Like, y'all warriors and comrades saying things, talking about autonomous and indigenous and blah, blah, blah. I looked at y'all so funny, man. But I'm not going to get on y'all. This whole entire comrade autonomous being warriors against the system and indigenous, first of all, Half of y'all are not even knowledgeable enough that there was more than just one tribe that lived in New York. What tribe sold the trinkets for 20 trinket trinkets to the Europeans and the Dutch for 20 well, $24 worth of trinkets to the Dutch when it became New Amsterdam in 1625? Answer me that question. Cuz all you say is Lenny Lenape. Do you know the language of the Lenapes? Do you know the language of the Iroquois? In the five confederations of the Native Americans that's in New York State, before we talk about that. No, you don't. Have you seen Shinnecock Indians in Southampton, Long Island? Have you went to their protests and helped them out? No, you didn't. I had to let that. <laughs> I had to let that deep breath go. The last thing I'm going to say is. Stop trying to front like you putting up this struggle party because when it comes to y'all, y'all want to feel like y'all some big ass heroes so that at the same time, once you get this group of people who's on your side, when you have your parade every June, now you add on the fire to the fuel or the fuel to the fire. I'm not letting it go because a lot of y'all are hypocrites and a lot of y'all believe that you're doing something great because you want to express yourself, which I'm not saying is wrong. But don't try to take that anger out on the system and try to front like you're doing something for the marginalized group of people when you're adding on to the problem because you keep moving into the neighborhood and expressing yourself because some of y'all is on trust funds. I'm pretty sure 
If your parents found out what you was doing, they would whoop your ass. No chaser. They would they would they would take away your money and tell your ass to come back home. <laughs> I'm just saying. A lot of these transplants don't know what they're talking about. A lot of these transplants feel like they're doing the right thing and all these different things. They go ahead and they make these protests like coming out to Harlem and talking about Harlem Harlemites ain't going nowhere. And at the same time, there's still these white kids. And it's these other Asians and all these other nations that are progenitors and proliferators of gentrification. And then they sit here and go to these protests and sit here and talk about no more high rises, no more condos. Are y'all even putting money together to start owning buildings and all these different things? No. So stop speaking on marginalized people, bro. You're helping the problem. You're not preventing the problem. You're helping the problem. And every time you get called out on it, y'all don't have nothing to say. It's like y'all y'all look like a a, a a deer caught in headlights because you know you dead wrong. And you know Native Ameri- Native New Yorkers have a problem with you. This is me just keeping it real. I mean, you take it however you want to take it. After this episode, you might call me racist or whatever and this, that, and the third. But I'm only responding in the merits how people view you. You don't get kudo points because you hold up a sign saying fuck the police and stop the war on black and brown people. You don't get kudo points because everybody knows after you're done, you're going to go back to that brownstone. You're going to go back to the community that you're helping to gentrify. And this goes for all nations. This is just this isn't just towards so-called white people. This is towards all nations. Certain black people do it, too. You have bourgeois black people who are gentrifiers themselves. This is not just a race thing, but I know that so-called white people are the poster childs for gentrification. Not out of my mouth. This is just over observations. So you're not helping anything. You're not slapping on just because you slap on a pig emoji on a, a cop doesn't help it. Cops need to do their job. I want the police in the subway system. This is not about me being a coon and all this coon dancing. No, we need cops in the system. Because there's been reports of, you know, bugged out people just bugging the hell out and doing all these different things. Now, you was right on the money of talking about the MTA's $38 billion in debt. I don't know where the money is going to. It might be a lot of lobby lobbyists and all these different things that's taking it out for personal vacations. Mayor de Blasio is not really on key of doing anything about the MTA, Andrew Cuomo, his biggest accomplishments thus far was the Second, a- Second Avenue subway, which has been a problem for 70 years because they were supposed to build it by the 60s and 70s, which they are proposing to create the T-line along with the Q, where it's supposed to go to 125th Street to meet up with the 4, 5, and 6 in the Metro North Railroad. If it comes to fruition, I don't know. They're also talking about trying to extend it to the Bronx. We'll see what happens. I have no idea. But my point of making this episode is that I find New York City completely comical. It's the most funniest thing ever. I didn't even want to get this far into the episode. But because I'm so enraged and I live in a city, I can't help but speak about things that I know. But merely the FTP3, I congratulate them for having some type of vigilante. But in a grand scheme of things, when you come from this protest, are you going to continue hopping the turnstile or are you going to buy that Metro card and swipe that card, though? Think about it. Peace.